I'm so excited to interview today Krista, who's a registered dietitian and the founder of Dietitian Success Center, an online learning platform designed to make it easier for dietitians and dietetic students to build their confidence and expertise in both nutrition and entrepreneurship. She believes in the power of challenging the status quo, leading a team of RDs who are committed to creating evidence-based content and ready to use resources designed by dietitians for dietitians. She has an MBA in sustainable commerce and an MPH in community nutrition and has used these skills to build a multi-six-figure dietitian-focused business. Krista also teaches nutrition communication strategies at Toronto Metropolitan University and loves working with students as a lecturer, mentor, and preceptor. Krista is also an avid baker, reader, and triathlete. She completed her first Ironman triathlon in 2021 and finishing her first 60-kilometer ultramarathon in 2020. I'm so excited to have Krista here today to talk both about her business and about being an entrepreneur. And then finally, her membership model, uh, which is the same model we use, which is a membership model to serve her customers, which are dietitians. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode. I am so happy to be here today with Krista Kolajesic. Welcome. Krista is from Dietitian Success Center, and we're going to be talking all about the resources she provides for registered dietitians, as well as a little bit of behind the scenes of memberships. So happy to have you, Krista. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I've I've listened to your podcast for a while, so it's really cool to come full circle and, and have the opportunity to be a guest. So thanks so much. Thank, thank you. And I'm happy to connect with you and support your body of work as well. Being an international dietitian and supporting dietitians' clinical skills. So let's first kick off a little bit about dietitian success center. And then I'd like to talk a little bit as well about memberships, because that sure. is what you do you offer a membership. Yeah. And, so do we. and I think that concept is still really new for dietitians. So I yeah. think it's really cool to dive in. But let's first talk about what is Dietitian Success Center and and why is this resource important for registered dietitians? Sure. Yeah. So I started Dietitian Success Center back in 2021 was when we officially launched. I actually obviously started working on it well before that, but we ended up launching April 2021. And the idea behind DSC, that's what we call ourselves for short, really came from the challenges that I myself experienced as a practitioner working with patients and clients and just sort of hearing from peers and colleagues across the board that, you know, there were so many nutrition related topics that we were being asked about in practice that we felt like we didn't learn about in school. So, you know, some of the new emerging things like digestive health or some of the women's health topics like PCOS and fertility and all of these different things that were honestly just not covered in school or an internship. And then feeling like we were spending hours on Google, trying to Google our way to, you know, having some clarity around some of these topics 
and struggling to find some of those really good quality evidence-based, you know, pieces of content that were really designed for practitioners. So I felt like that was a big gap and that was sort of a, a big stressor for me in feeling like a bit of an imposter in that role as a new dietitian. But then also finding myself you know, spending hours every week trying to create materials that I could give to clients, right? Handouts and resources, trying to summarize this information that I learned into something that was going to be concise enough that I could give it to the patient or client. And it was just so time consuming. And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm sure somebody's already created this, but I don't know where to find it. And so it felt like I was just reinventing the wheel constantly. And so there was a lot of those sort of different pain points for me personally at play. And I was hearing similar things sort of across the board from all of my friends, all of my coworkers. And so, you know, the, the thought dawned on me, well, what if we created something that was really designed for practitioners and, you know, specifically for dietitians. Now we have members who are non-dietitians, but, you know, really coming from that place of let's, let's create content and resources for dietitians created by dietitians. And so that's where Dietitian Success Center was born. And so essentially the mission behind DSC is to make it easier for dietitians and dietetic students to build their confidence and expertise in nutrition related topics and to really help save them time and allow them to just do their jobs easier. And so we refer to ourselves as an online learning platform. So essentially how it works is that our members will pay a monthly or an annual subscription. So it's on a membership model where you can stay for as long as you want and you get access to all of our content. And so what that means is we essentially create three types of content that's designed for dietitians. We have online courses on various nutrition related topics. We have what we call evidence summaries, which is basically where we do a deep dive into the literature related to a specific topic. And we summarize that in a way that's going to be more concise for the practitioners so that they can read through that background document. They don't have to spend hours, you know, searching PubMed, looking for articles and then we also supply client handouts as well. So we take all of that information and we we translate it into really plain language, user-friendly, beautiful handouts that you can just directly use with your clients. And so, you know, over the years, we've really built out our content library to include a lot of different <laughs> topics. We have a ton of different topics available and and dietitians can go over to our website, dietitiansuccesscenter.com, and you can look at our library and really see everything we have available. We've made it super visible and you get access to everything. And then we release new content every month. So that's, that's really the, the bulk of what we do. We also have a community component too, but the bulk of what we do is, is the, the content and resources. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your yeah. contributions and, and dietetics to really solve that problem of saving time for the clinician. And, and first and foremost, giving a clinician confidence, because a lot of times our clients will tell me, especially if yeah. they're, well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a new clinician, but somebody in a setting 
like a acute care or maybe even outpatient where there is a counseling component or even in an assessment component. And they're just not as familiar with different disease states. I remember in grad school, I had to become an yeah. expert at GI, an expert at pediatrics, which we all know is very different than right. adult nutrition, an expert yeah. in cancer. And this was all so much information. It, I yeah. felt like it was so much for me to grasp. And as a, as a registered dietitian, before you specialize and in general, having a, a wealth of knowledge and, and these different topics and being able to access them and make sure they're up to date definitely is helpful for yeah. our clinical acumen because, you know, we always hear in school that we need to be focusing on our clinical skills. So I'm all about continued learning in a way that can save us time and build us confidence to have mm-hmm. resources that are accessible. So let me make sure I got this right, Krista. You're saying that there's a course which appeals to the learning style of visual, video, audio, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's for the dietitian to learn. Then you have the dietitian summary, and that would be more for the practitioner to understand the, uh, let's say, research speak, right? Then that would would be written in a way that is also the third piece of material where dietitians can send out a digestible information handout to the patient or client that wants to learn. Is that correct? So there's three different ways that the information has been tabulated for learning styles, not just for the practitioner, but applicable for their, the end user, like the, the actual patient. And this works in private practice and clinical settings. Is is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. So the, the evidence summaries and the, the courses are really designed exactly for the practitioner to use, to be able to refresh their knowledge and, you know, oh, I have a client coming up that has PCOS and I feel like I need to just get up to speed. I haven't seen this in a while, or I haven't seen this before. So the idea being that they can read through the evidence summary, they can watch through the course and the courses are really we intentionally made them very concise because we know that, you know, our users are strapped for time and they're not looking to spend more and more time watching video courses or doing more research. And so we really try and keep the courses super concise. So generally they come with like a three-part series of a background, nutrition implications, and then a case study where they can observe how that's put into practice. And then the handouts are really designed for them to be able to give to their clients. So when, thank you for sharing that. And again, absolutely. One thing I love about what you do is like you said, for the dietitian, by the dietitian. And that's important for our brand here at Dietitian Boss. We like to recommend products and services like Practice Better that have a model for other nutrition practitioners. And I'm not saying that any of the other EMRs are not fantastic, but something like Simple Practice is for a therapist. Um, Something like Practice Better is created for a nutritionist. So I do tend to lend towards, like we have a, uh, we work with a CPA that's a therapist, right? And she's a therapist. She's also a CPA. So we we like to partner and advocate those that really do align with the field because our mission and vision is aligned with helping the, the body that, you know, and we've talked about this before, yeah. I'm all yeah. about helping the future registered dietitians and increase access to education. So totally. we have a parallel in that your business and yeah. mine, mine is more on the business end and, but clinical skills yeah. are, are part of in, improving the ability for the, improving the dietitian's ability to find success is being yeah. able master your craft and being able to communicate it and understand sales and marketing and all the other facets of communication and running a business, whether it's a consultant, private practice, or any of the other various non-traditional ways to make money. 
One of the questions I have for you, I have a couple questions. One about how you like your process of of building the library, because it's so scientific that I, how did you, did you, what did you do? Did you build this by yourself at first? Did you hire out people? Like, how did you get these? Because I'm, I'm thinking PCOS, cancer, like all these Mm -hmm. disease states and these summaries need to be accurate. So like, how did you do that? Yeah. Build the product. Did you outsource it? Yeah. So it's been an evolution for sure. At the very beginning, I outsourced. And so I would hire contractor RDs who are sort of subject matter experts in different areas of practice. That I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges with that was, was just that there was, it was really hard to control for quality and the same just consistency in terms of content, right? It was like every time I would work with somebody new, it was trying to retrain them on, okay, here's what we should do. And here's what it should look like. And here's what the end product should be. And it was just a little bit, it was just really not a great process, but you know, it's, that's just how it works in business, right? You start with something and then you're like, that was interesting. And now we have to refine the process a little bit more. And, and yeah, go ahead. Of, of guiding a contractor because that could be a whole yeah. other podcast topic. Oh yeah! Oh like my gosh! Control. Totally. Yes. So yeah, that, that's a whole different issue in terms of like what, yes. what control you want to build your product. But I'm yeah. glad you're sharing that because that's really good business skill yeah. for our, our, our listeners to understand. Yeah. And so since then, what we've done is we've developed this just a, a much better, more efficient process. And it's really been over the last two years that we've been working on this process and refining it. But essentially what we do is we now have our own internal team of content creators. And so team of dietitians led by Olivia, who's our content manager. So Olivia has a master's in nutrition communications. And so that's really her expertise is taking information and translating it right into these different materials. And so that's essentially the starting point now is we try and keep everything internal. So the first step is that Basically, Olivia does a full literature review on a topic, whatever that topic might be. And so actually, I should rewind and say that our topic ideas come from our audience. So our members will request things. We have sort of an ongoing poll that runs through our community where members can request different topics. And so we'll literally take the most popular topics and that will be our priority for the upcoming months. And so Olivia will do a deep dive literature review on that topic. And that's sort of phase one of the process. Phase two of the process is that it goes through, the content goes through a series of what we call practice-based review which is basically where we have RDs who actively are working in those areas do a full review of the content to make sure that there's nothing missing, to make sure it's accurate, to make sure it's up to date, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then we have a third round of review, which we call technical review, where we actually then take all of that information and we do that final polish to make sure that, you know, references are all there, references are all correct, values are all correct, spelling, grammar, all of that good stuff. And then it gets recorded, you know, it gets turned into the handouts that are nice and pretty and it gets put onto the site. And so it's sort of this, you know, this step-by-step process now that involves a lot of different dietitians, but we find that this allows us to keep things, you know, internal and be able to have the same level of quality for all of the content that we publish. Standardization, yeah. that's business, right? Exactly. I'm so, totally. I'm so impressed with your process. A couple follow-up questions on that. And then sure. we'll on, I want to make this applicable to how yeah, diet sure. become thought leaders and what it's like behind the scenes of building a business. And of course, how valuable your asset is yeah. as a work to contribute to saving time and, and simplifying the resource generation for the diet yeah. practicing. So do you have that documented like on your website? Is that, do you share with people that that three-step process is, is part of how you, you're able to get the content out there? Yeah, we do. We have it on our about page, but I honestly think we could do a better job of kind of ex- explaining it and telling people, I think just because it's been, you know, it's been an evolution and we sort of you know, I, and now we've gotten to this point where we have this awesome process and now it's just about communicating it better. Um, but that's definitely something that is on my mind for sure. Well, I think it's really impressive. Yeah. So to Thank come you. up with that three-step process, that's been an evolution, yeah. you know, just the last couple of years, yeah. has that been you mostly behind that? Cause I know you mentioned Olivia. So is she the yeah. one getting this as a content manager or is I- your the entrepreneur. The I would say both of us, both of us, we work super, Olivia has been with me almost since the beginning. And so I feel like she knows the business as well as I know the business, which is really cool. And so valuable to have somebody like that on your team. And so we, you know, are constantly talking about just how to make things better, how to make systems better, how to improve things, how to, you know, all of these different things. And, and I think we're very clear with each other. If we feel like there's, you know, a pain point in our process, you know what I mean? And when she feels like something is a little sticky, then she feels like she can come to me and say, okay, I think we need to look at this and we need to improve this. And then we'll collaborate on a solution. So it's been a super collaborative process, but it's, it's been, yeah, it's been both of us sort of working on it together. Yeah. And Olivia, an employee or a contractor? Olivia is an employee. And so do you have a variety of employees and contractors? So Olivia is the only employee and then the rest are contractors. Okay. Awesome. So yeah. you've got a mix. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. A mix. Yeah. Which and, uh, cool. okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then my, Absolutely. Other, my other question, in addition to learning, you know, about your process and the yeah. evolution would be when building out your resource library, right? The DSC. Yeah. How, how is DSC different from other resources that help clinicians save time and increase? Yeah your confidence and and how did you engineer that to try to make sure you stand out as a, as a business yeah so i mean i think honestly the the biggest differentiator that we are so obsessed with is making our content as user friendly as possible and what i mean by that is you know you don't have to take information 
that you have found online and then make it into something that you can give to your client. Like we do that all for you. So in Canada, we have something similar to the nutrition care manual. And one of the biggest sort of, I think, you know, complaints around it is just that it's, you know, there's summaries of information for dietitians, but then what do you do with that? right? Like, what do you do with that? You, okay, you read through it, but then I still feel like I have to create something that I can give to my patient or client. And so we're super obsessed with making sure that the content is as user-friendly for the practitioner as possible. Like they're not having to go through those extra steps. And then I also think what we touched on before with having the course component, but then also the evidence summary, right? It's like, if you prefer the course, go ahead and watch the course. If that's how you like to learn, if you prefer to just read through the content, you can totally do that too. So we give you both of those options as well. And then the other thing too, is that we have really and part of the the content creation process that we've developed is this, you know, this, again, I, I hate to use the word obsession again, but it's true with this idea of like keeping things fresh and up to date. And so our goal is to have everything updated every six to 24 months, depending on the topic. So depending, some topics just don't change that much. And so we don't feel like we need to, you know, update it as frequently, but then there's other topics where there's stuff coming out all the time. So it does need to be updated regularly. And so, you know, that's part of it too, is just having that update process really built into our content creation. We're not just pumping out new content. We're also thinking about how do we make the old stuff better? So yeah, and that's great. Yeah. edge and identifying which oh, yeah. dated the soonest yeah. and how to, to deliver that is is great so what i heard your differentiating factors are mm-hmm. would be that you appeal to different learning styles which is actually one of the core components of, of creating great educational materials mm-hmm. is that you want to be uh, accessible to different learning styles and yeah. especially for folks whether they're the practitioner or the client that's neurodivergent or disabled or something like that, you want to make sure that you don't just have the written format, that you have mm-hmm. audio video and that you are, of course, making mm-hmm. it understand digestible, right? Yeah. For for the the recipient, whether that's yeah. the practitioner or the end the client, right? Yeah. So I'm hearing that piece, which is great. And then I'm also hearing that you are making it more, you're breaking it down even more than you, some yeah. of your some of the other competitors that you've seen have been able to sure. do. So have you gotten feedback about that in terms of your clients, meaning the dietitians or or whoever they're serving their patients are finding it digestible enough, or do you have any way to measure that as a business? Yeah. So definitely we get feedback a lot, which is really cool. Like that is the best part about what we do is just getting, you know, random DMS or random emails or whatever from our users And we hear this all the time where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I had this client, I was feeling really nervous about it because I haven't seen this type of nutrition related condition in a while. 
I watched the course and I feel so much better. Like this saved me so much time. And I think, you know, that piece, the piece when people comment on like, I feel so much better, that to me is such a win because I know how stressful that can be and how, you know, that those feelings of imposter syndrome can be so real as somebody, especially who's working with a lot of nutrition related conditions. And so so yeah, so that that's sort of those are the comments that resonate with me a lot. In terms of measurability, I don't know. I mean, so we do and this is something that, you know, I've really been working on myself as a a skill as an entrepreneur over the last year is like how do I track and measure success in different parts of the business? Cuz this is something that I I'm like such a naturally creative. Like that's, that's where I go just, you know, naturally is like the, I love to create and I love to envision. And I love all of these. I love that side of things. And I'm really trying to develop my skill in more of the analytical side of running a business and sort of thinking about what's the pre and then what's the post and how do we measure that and how do we measure success? I think I'm getting better at it, but I'm not, I I definitely have a lot of room there for sure. And so we've been doing a, you know, every year we're trying to do a feedback survey for our members to really understand, okay, so what is the impact of the business on you and the work that you do? But I think we're just scratching the surface and I I'm excited to go deeper with it. Yeah, I'm mean, analytics yeah. and um, evaluation yeah. success measures as a whole yeah. college course, or or it could be even a. I a, know, yeah. Big, but yeah. I'm really impressed, Krista, that as an entrepreneur, you're able to so clearly articulate your strengths and what you need to work on without beating oh. yourself up. <laughs> I so you. often hear our clients and even yeah. peers that get yeah. down on themselves. And that's a lot of perfectionist tendencies that us yes. have like, gosh, I wish I was better at A and B. And yeah. and I love how you, uh, I even want the listeners to go back and re-listen how you articulated so well that you're, you know, you are naturally creative. Obviously you're a business owner, so you love to ideate. And then there's also an opportunity to hone in on other aspects because as entrepreneurs, we're always learning and growing yeah. and we can't be 10 out of 10 on every aspect. We, we oh, all yeah. have to there's nothing wrong with being more or less analytical. It's just a matter of yeah. uh, knowing how to make it work for your business to support your mission and vision. So I really like the way that you you spoke about that. That was really Thank well. Thank you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's been, I think, you know, one of the interesting, one of the best learnings I feel like for me as a business owner is really around ditching that perfectionist mindset and really adopting that growth mindset around like, you know, maybe I'm not so strong at this right now, but I could be, you know, I will be, I have the potential to learn. So that's been sort of a cool evolution. But let's go dive into that a little bit because that's such an important pain point for our listeners, especially whether you're a new clinician listening or you're, you've been in, we have a lot of dietitians and programs that come to us and they've been in practice for five or 10 years but they've been doing something specific. And so anytime you change and you know, there's so many different career opportunities in dietetics. And if you do want to advance or build something new, it's like, I don't want it to feel like you're starting all over again, but because it's a broad career track, some of our peers feel that way. So I think it's important to have this growth mindset, especially if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur. I, I know I have my stories too, 
But uh, mm-hmm. since today is about you, would you be willing to share some specific examples of what you have done or what you do now to help you with your yeah. growth? So you've already showed what it looks yeah. like because you've been able to speak about yourself in a positive light. Now, can you share like, what did you do to be able to, to get to that point? Yeah. You know, it's such an interesting, it's, it's such an interesting topic because I really do believe that that perfectionist attitude is drilled into us from day one of our education. I think it's how our education structured. I think it's how, you know, the internship is structured. I think it's how all of these different things are structured that have told us you have to be perfect to succeed, which when we start to actually think about perfection, we recognize that it's a moving target and we start to realize that there is no such thing as perfection. And so, you know, when we're trying to achieve perfection, we're never going to be satisfied in the work that we do because we'll never get there. That's just how it goes. And I think, you know, there's a lot of of feelings of vulnerability for a lot of us that maybe identify as having that sort of more type A perfectionist mentality, right? Where we're like, but I don't want to, you know, be a beginner at something again. I want to feel equipped. I want to, I don't want to have that imposter syndrome. I want to whatever. So anyways, that's just sort of like my background thoughts on that topic. But I think for me, you know, some of the biggest, most impactful things that I feel like I've done have honestly just been like reading books about business and entrepreneurship and mindset, like so easy, right? It's like, just grab, you know, I have a, I have a whole list of, of books that I've shared on my Instagram recently, but I'm happy to share the link with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah, check that out. Totally. Yeah. That are just all about mindset and challenging your mindset and learning, you know, what does it actually mean to be an entrepreneur and what does it actually mean to have a growth mindset? And so I think, you know, that listening to podcasts, there's so much free information out there on mindset and entrepreneurship. And it, 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 you don't have to buy some expensive course. Like there's just, there's so much content out there for free. And so I think, you know, just building that into my routine, I try and read for 10 minutes every morning, some sort of a business book and that's it. You know, that's, I read for 10 minutes and, and it doesn't have to be hours where I'm sitting down and, and reading a book, but just having that constant, just refresher and sort of fresh perspective on mindset around business really helps me has helped me. And I've seen my process and and my evolution over the last few years from being this like, you know, scared dietitian to, you know, being who I am now, which I still have fears, but I feel a lot more confident for sure. Just beautiful. And yeah, uh, thank you for sharing the specific, the specific tactics Yeah, minutes a day, reading books, where you can access this information what with the link that you're going to provide the listeners so that that's all really helpful one thing i've observed from from talking to you specifically this segment of the conversation i'm going to assume you're an introvert is that correct Mm, yeah totally yeah how how did you make that assumption i'm so curious well well, first of all like i have this thing where when i talk to people i just start identifying their personality traits yeah (laughs) i have everyone i work with take tests so that i can love that how we could better work together but mostly if someone's highly sensitive I try to be really careful with that because 
it's something that people need to learn how to work with. There's no right or wrong, but a lot of dietitians have a very particular, we actually have a very particular set of traits. So I think it's important to learn how to function within our strengths and understand and how we navigate and see the world. So introverts typically learn through introspection. So when you Mm. say mindset, yeah, (laughs) I was like, wow, I wish it was that easy for me. Like, well, I got to go talk to people. I got to go be in groups and coach and have peers. Like that's how I learn and there's no right or wrong, but mindset, I think what's important is for you to just think about how do you naturally function and then what works best for your personality and then learning your strengths and limits and tolerances. That's all part of the process of growing as an entrepreneur. It doesn't happen overnight, but definitely helps. And and I agree with you fully about how our school schooling, at least here in America, I know it's a little bit different in Canada, but America, the dietetics program is very much structured around fostering that perfectionism. Yeah. Then creating this strange, oh, I mean, the, the debt to income ratio is huge because yeah. we spent so much money on school and then we're offered such a small salary. So it takes yeah. us forever to catch up to pay it, which is why I, big reason why I started this business is because yeah. I would get out of debt and not feel like I, you know, had to be a prisoner to the nine to five forever to be able to feel yeah. like I was independent. And I also wanted yeah. to not be visible anymore in, in the clinic, but there was, you know, multiple reasons, but I, I do think that perfectionism is definitely something that we are almost conditioned mm-hmm. that we have to be a better yeah. clinician. We always have to improve our clinical skills and that they were never enough. And I think that's something that it takes yeah. a while to unlearn and it's something important. And so I hope the listeners can maybe reflect a little bit about their process while listening to this episode. Yeah. Totally. Is there is there anything else, Krista? I won't, I'm going to mention just a couple quick things about memberships to talk sure. today's episode. But before we switch from your business to talking a little bit about your business model, which we both yeah. have a similar model called a membership model, would you? Is there anything else that you want to share that you think would be helpful for the listeners about uh, Dietitian Success Center? I mean, yeah, so we do have a a number of free resources available on our site as well, which can be really helpful. So right now we have, if you just pop on over to dietitiansuccesscenter.com and you just click on the freebie tab, we have a client resource kit that's a collection of, I think it's five or six client handouts that practitioners can just feel free to start using. We have a PES statement cheat sheet, which has been really helpful for people. We get a lot of good feedback on that. I think it's like 10 or 15 pages. It's a big, it's a hefty freebie, but it's it's an awesome resource. And then we also have a business planning workbook as well. If you're if you're somebody who's more in the private practice space. Um, so free resources, we also have uh, our blog too, where we publish uh, new blog posts constantly. And we're trying to, one of our goals over the last year has been trying to just stay more current with regards to hot topics in the world of nutrition. So that's something we've really been trying to prioritize. Like for instance, when everyone was talking about Ozempic, I think people are still talking about Ozempic, but you know, a a month or two ago when practitioners were really talking about Ozempic and like, what is going on here? We wrote a, a really extensive blog article on that topic. And so that's all available for free for practitioners. So if you join our email list, you'll get access to all of that stuff, even awesome. if you're not ready to be a member at this point. Yeah. Great, great plug. And um, cool. before we, we wrap up the episode. I uh, I believe you and I are going to do another podcast episode. Yeah. 
we'll talk more about membership because running a membership is such an important topic, especially for innovative practitioners, whether you're already in private practice, maybe you take insurance, maybe you don't, but you want to create another revenue stream. Running a membership can be a really great accessible way to help more people. So I want to dive in, but because I first wanted the listeners, I wanted you to, to learn about Krista and the work she's done. And and the contributions you've made to the field, I wanted everybody to get a sense of learning about you first. So let's let's talk just very briefly about the membership, and then we'll do a separate at another point. But tell me, why did you choose the membership model, and why has it been beneficial for your mission and vision? Yeah, yeah. So the membership model, as I was thinking about what the business was going to look like, it became very clear to me that I think when you have an on-demand tool, and what I mean by that is that when you have something that, you know, a, a resource library that somebody will go to before a client comes up, right? So it's not necessarily a start to finish process, which is typically what we would see in an online course, but it's more about, you know, okay, like I, I don't need this now. I don't need this tool now, but I feel like I'm going to need it in a few months. That's where I feel like it became quite clear to me that a membership made the most sense because it was, you know, because when we, we have these tools that people are using on demand, I just wanted them to have the option to be a part of it for as long as they needed it or for as short as they needed it. And so that's really where that, the concept came from behind the membership or the rationale came from behind the membership. I think too, you know, one of the biggest benefits and and it's, it's such an interesting dichotomy, right? It's like one of the biggest benefits of a membership is the monthly recurring revenue piece, right? As a business owner, it allows you to have that a little bit more of that predictability in a business because you have a sense of, you know, approximately what your revenues are going to look like month to month. Whereas if you're, if, if you're operating with other business models or, you know, if you're selling online courses or whatever, it can be a little bit more of that feast and famine sort of cycle where, right. Where it's like, we go through a launch and we have a ton of people. And then when we're not launching, we're not bringing money in. And of course there's ways to mitigate that, but a membership just gives you a little bit more of that consistency. And so I think for me too, as a business, as a business owner, I was like, I really love the idea of having something that feels a bit more predictable so that we can plan for growth in the future and we can plan month to month. And it just, it keeps things easier from that perspective, I find. Yeah. Yeah. So, and other reasons too, but I feel like those were sort of the key, the key elements. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. And I think that yeah. I feel inspired because I do know a lot of listeners either want to build a membership or even- yeah part of yours or mine, they can get yeah. a sense of, of improving their business skills, right? To yeah, see, totally. Yeah, to learn a little bit about the behind the scenes. For us here at Dietitian Boss, after I mean, we still run coaching and masterminds, but yeah. with the membership model, we did it for, for customers. It was really for their need for community. Mm. So having each other as resources as they're going mm-hmm. through scary is either building a private practice or an online business 
or growing it. I know that our big feedback we get from our clients is that they love knowing that other dietitians are hiring other dietitians are trying to get up to 10 K months or other dietitians are trying to, if they're at the beginning phases, trying to figure out their specialization. So not feeling alone or isolated. And that goes back to the whole mindset thing. And I think it really helps us improve our interpersonal skills because business is a lot of foundational having conversations, practicing empathetic listening skills, all that type, those types of things are just like what we do in in counseling, right? (laughs) Similar to how we operate as business owners, whether we're talking to our peers or whether we're talking to prospects or existing clients, right? Or maybe Mm -hmm. vendors, depending on what we're doing or who we're working with, it could be referral partners. So I think that creating for us to have a membership where we can foster community among other dietitians and really yeah. our, our value propositions is we're, we're for dietitians. Yeah. Like for anyone else, we're for registered dietitians. Even students, like they can get started, but there's legal stuff that they have to be careful yeah. at least in America. Like, you know, you yeah, totally. as a licensed until you're a registered dietitian. So I think for us, like knowing you can join a community where you're going to meet other practitioners who are, you know, going to support you along the way, and you can build tolerance to people that might think and, and act differently than you is really helpful because we've had people create like, lifelong friendships and grow together. And, and I know I love that also as a business owner, being with peers as I learn and grow. So that's one component. And then the other component would be that I love the idea of the membership getting better with time. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so true. true. Yeah. So, yeah. So true. I, I've run every, everything from, from yeah. course to, you know, coaching to masterminds, et cetera. And I really like the idea that with a, a membership model, as you add more content, and like you mentioned earlier, based on the needs and the demands and the feedback of your members, which is the right way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I know we'll talk more about that later when we get more yeah. in depth about memberships, but when you get the feedback from straight from the members' mouths to improve the experience, then the library, as the library could be your like database of resources where the members can access it, uh, will become more appropriate. You can customize it. And the more feedback and the more adjustments that you make with time, whether you're selling like you resources for clinical skills or, or like me, more business building resources, it really creates it really supports, at least for us, the mission and vision of increasing access to business education for for registered dietitians and having us be seen as an expert because we're equipped with the skills that we didn't learn in school. Like in school, we're always told clinical, like I've never heard anyone say, gosh, you got to really business skills to get out there. So (laughs) So that's our goal with our our membership is to have an accessible way for our clients to build rapport with other clinicians from around the world as registered yeah. dietitians and also know that their feedback matters to us in terms of how we can improve what they get access to behind that paywall. Right. Of course I always have free content, but that's yeah. not the same as the For sure. Yeah. So I think between my, you know, t- takes and your takes, of course, and I'm piggybacking off of you, all the other the yeah. things are absolutely true. So more predictable income, which helps you as a business with how I mean, mm-hmm. Finances, everything. So, when you're able to look at revenue in the business and make decisions based on hiring and employees and all of that, having that recurring revenue can be really helpful. And then also being able to provide that community and then being able to make adjustments and improvements with feedback and only make the membership better. Like, how cool is that? I I know. I know. We think like that with other models. We're not like, oh, I totally agree. Better with time. Like, but it's because memberships are content if you're doing it right, you know, that it doesn't. Get better overnight by you just sitting there, you yeah. do the work and, yeah. and make sure you're getting feedback and applying it. But as we talked about the earlier with your, 
you know, an example would be your three-step process of how you go through improving content. And I'm sure you have, you know, something similar in terms of getting feedback and telling yeah. what folks want. So, all right. I know that you already gave some plugs. If you have any final words, otherwise, I know we mainly covered your business, your background about how you got here, some tips yeah. about how can improve their mindset, a little bit about how our business model, why we chose it and what it provides for the field. If you have any other final closing thoughts. Yeah, no, I just, I so appreciate this conversation. It was so nice to to chat with you and I'm excited to talk more about memberships because I know, like you said before, I think it's sort of a, a bit of a foreign concept sometimes to, to, to dietitians and, and to other business owners, but it's, it's so fun and it's so interesting. Yeah. And, and so just to reiterate, people can go over to dietitiansuccesscenter.com and check out our freebies. I also have a podcast as well, which will post our membership discussion on, on, on there, but it's the dietitian success podcast. So people can, can check that out as well, but absolutely you. And I appreciate your content. It was a pleasure to have you. And I I look forward to talking to you again and and thank you You too. Thanks Libby. If you're looking for support to start, grow, and scale your dietitian private practice, I want to invite you to work with me and my team. We have a few different options. Head over to dietitianboss.com and apply to have a conversation with somebody from our sales team to discuss your options for your budget and stage of business. Head over to dietitianboss.com and we look forward to connecting.